Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Listen, it's good to be here, folks. Uh, Greg, good to see you. Josh and other familiar faces there. Uh, CCC has been very good to me and uh, had some great times in the past church weekend and on, on occasion coming here. Of course, a good friend of Steve's and we meet have several times a year. I know he's struggling there on the West Coast. <laughs> but we're not getting it too bad here at all. Uh, but yeah, I suppose we're coming in looking through the book of Judges, which... Uh, I'm sure you've been getting into the the great story of Judges, uh, and I know having different speakers coming in, uh, it's a a great book uh, indeed, it's a great book that um, talks about deliverers and God sending deliverers to the nation Israel, and uh, great to sing as Andrew was leading us about the the bigger story of of Jesus and how they all point to him. Uh, What I love about the Bible is that it... uh, it just tells the story uh, with all the flaws and all the realities of human nature. And of course, we love that, don't we? Because we can identify with that, can't we? We can identify with flawed people because we are flawed people. And if ever there was a flawed person in the book of Judges, well, it's Samson, isn't it? Uh, when we come to this great character, I suppose it'd be very interesting what would come into your mind when you think of Samson. The strength, obviously, maybe the long hair, uh, maybe, maybe other things would, would come in. But one thing that we're probably going to see over the next couple of weeks here is that uh, in Samson we see not only ourselves in Samson, but we also see our Savior in Samson, and uh, it's going to be good to look at that. It is a long narrative, as in, well, it's chapters 13 through 16, so it's, it's got three full chapters. Uh, my, my goal here this week is to just look at the, the, the well, look at 13 to 16. Uh, don't worry, you'll get home I get eventually tonight, but we won't be reading all of that, but just to, to dip into some of the things that the writer is obviously bringing out there uh, in, in Samson's life, that, of course, that will be applicable to us today. And then, of course, next week, we want to look at the, the, the subject of temptation and look at uh, temptation there in the account of Samson and Delilah. I suppose we're all very familiar with that one as well. Well, we're certainly very familiar with temptation. But... Let's get introduced to this lad. Let's get to know this fella. Uh, Because he starts off, we're we're introduced in chapter 13. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her. And said, you are sterile and childless, but you are going, going to conceive and have a son. So uh, here's the introduction uh, to these parents. We're not told the mother's name. Uh, we're told the dad's name, Manoah. And of course, the angel visits uh, the, the, the uh, sterile uh, woman, uh, Manoah's wife, 
And uh, could you imagine that news uh, being visited by an angel? You know, and this childless woman who had, had no doubt uh, struggled with a lot of things and failed expectations and, and shame, all of the things that came with that culture uh, in, in relation to our struggle. And yet we see uh, this angel bringing this announcement. That's, that's incredible, really, isn't it? I mean, it almost has messianic expectations, hasn't it? Uh, you get that sort of theme of going through the Bible of, of when all hope is lost and then God shows up and says, you know, when God has a plan, he always starts with a baby, not a battle, but he starts with a baby. And uh, we're told the bigger picture, as in Judges, well, it's back to the cycle again, isn't it? They need to be delivered, you know, they, they, they're turning the back on the God and then the God chastens them and uh, here we see it for, for, uh, in the hands of the Philistines, they were the oppressor. That was that the hands uh, the Israelites were going to be delivered into the uh, hands of the Philistines. So, so he, here here's the great expectation of, of this uh, baby coming. And as we read on, uh, then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, "What is your name, so that we may honor you when your word comes true?" He replied, "Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding." Now, it's very interesting. We're not going to read that full account in 13, but basically uh, uh, his wife is, is amazed at this vision, and rightly so. I mean, she's astounded. She goes and tells Manoah, her husband. And, of course, he is uh, he's going, whoa, uh, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Typical man, isn't he? And he says, no, I've got to hear it myself. So he says to his wife, the next time you get that visit, come and get me and tell me about it. And of course, Manoah uh, hears from the angel of the Lord. But it's pretty obvious that not only is there this, this tremendous uh, excitement of this new child that's coming, but this angel is a little bit more than just an angel, isn't it? I think it's probably, it's fairly obvious from here that when Manoah wants to find out the angel's name, the reply was, why do you ask my name? It's beyond understanding. Now, that Hebrew word is interesting because that comes out of a, a word that's called wonderful in the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah 9.6, uh, referring to Jesus. His name will be wonderful. And that word wonderful, when, when it's translated, uh, bringing uh, uh, in relation to God, it's this idea that, that it's too much to grasp, too much for, for, for man to take in. In other words, when it relates to, to man's understanding, it, it, it really means they, they can't really grasp what it is. So it's pretty obvious that this angel is indeed the angel of the Lord that's appearing here. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? So, so could, you get a, could you get a better announcement? Could you get a better introduction? Uh, the excitement and the anticipation that's going to come through this baby. Uh, it's going to be raised up. And clearly the mission of this child is to deliver the nation Israel. So uh, Samson's job description is fairly clear. He's come to be the deliverer. He's going to deliver uh, God's people from the hands of the Philistines. Wow, what excitement. Uh, and, and here we just get the details of that. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew up and the Lord blessed him. 
And the Spirit of the Lord began to store him while he was in Manea, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtael. Wow. So the baby came, as, as uh, Manoah said, uh, it will come true. He believed it. And here we have the birth of Samson and uh, the Spirit of the Lord uh, came upon him. And uh, here he was going to be equipped for the task. And you see, not only did Samson have a, a job description, but he also had, was going to be equipped to fulfill that job description. Isn't that great? When God calls us, he equips us. I always remember that. You know, we get very nervous about when we think of uh, we, the fact that we represent God and, and uh, in, in his kingdom. But when God calls us, he equips us. And with Samson, uh, we certainly see that uh, he, was, uh, he was equipped for the task. Enormous strength. And we're going to look at that and see that. Uh, by the way, I didn't look at the clock. That clock has stopped up there. Andrew, you better give me the wraps here when to land the plane. Samson went down to Timnah and saw that there was a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? Uh, here uh, we, we see, this is a first glimpse of Samson. When we've read about him in chapter 13, uh, we get all his birth and, and all that's around that. And here, here's Samson, the, the boy. We should call him the man, but he's certainly the, uh, we don't know what age he is at this stage. But, uh, well, his first, uh, his first move is pretty interesting, isn't it? Uh, we probably, sometimes we, Put the name on Samson, the womanizer. Well, you can see where it comes from, don't you? Here's uh, his first move here. Uh, could you imagine his parents there? You know, he, here's the parents probably that have uh, raised him up with all those hopes and expectations. And here's the first move that uh, Samson makes. Maybe the parents were struggling a bit there, going, oh, okay, we weren't quite expecting this. Uh, anyway, We'll see as the story develops. But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She is the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the line apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. Now, Samson, uh, here we see in, 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 the, in this move when he's down in Timnah, it's very interesting that the writer here in, the, in Judges was kind of quite unusual. You don't always get this in Old Testament narrative. He puts a little bracket in there and he just explains the bigger picture. And uh, it says, his parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. So we're beginning to see, even with Samuel and his flawed choices, 
that here is, a, here is God walking behind the scenes to accomplish his will. I think we'll look later on to see how that applies to us and how that encourages us. But it gives us great hope, doesn't it? Now, Samson, as you can see here, he, he was blessed with great strength. He was blessed with incredible strength. And the, the first picture we get there is a lion that just happened to be walking down the road with his parents and the lion comes out and he tears the lion apart. So we can see that this is not human. I mean, it seems to be abnormal, isn't it? Because it's abnormal strength. Say, Samson uh, had great, great strength. And we see this again. Uh, in chapter 14, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 other men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave them clothes, uh, gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at his wedding. Now, again, we see this. Uh, Almost impulsive uh, man, Samson. He, he, he seems to be controlled by anger and, and revenge. And again, blessed with enormous strength uh, from God. And in all his actions, we, we see the Spirit of God coming down on Samson. And he is, uh, in that sense, uh, living out that mission of confronting the Philistines. Uh, here we see it again. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him, shouting, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With a donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone at the place, uh, and the place was called Ramath Lehi. Wow, another display of Samson's strength. Another uh, insight into how incredibly strong this man was. And impulsive uh, as well. Uh, and here's a, another account just at the end of chapter 15 where it says, Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned. And he revived. And, uh, and then we see at the very end there, it says, Samson led for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Uh, again, we, uh, we see Samson uh, <laughs> almost like a spoiled child again, isn't he? He's, uh, he's turning to the Lord and say, I'm thirsty, I need a drink. You know, uh, will I die here of thirst? And it's interesting that God re responds each time. Even in Samuel's, uh, sorry, in Samson's sort of 
immaturity and impulsiveness and, and sort of misusing his strength in, in, in many ways. Here is God, God continuing to, to use this flawed man to accomplish his purposes. Uh, the last uh, sense that we get of, of, of Samson just before he's captured is in Judges chapter 16, verses 1 to 3. It says, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went to, in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night saying, at dawn we'll kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. He got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate Together with the two posts, he tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Now this, this last scene we see before Samuel's fall, really, uh, that we'll be looking at more at next week, is kind of amazing because we, we kind of get this, this arrogant, uh, impulsive, immature man who seems to just want to get everything he sees uh, for his own ends, for his own purposes. And here we're told he goes into Gaza. Now, it probably wouldn't catch us much as we're reading that, but Gaza was one of the real stronghold cities of Philistine, in Philistine. There was five big cities, but certainly the center of power would have been, would have been Gaza. So the point here is, the, the guy is so confident of himself. Here he goes into the, the stronghold of Gaza, uh, uh, fearing nobody. And, uh, of course, the, the Philistines in some way are, are afraid of him, but they're trying to say, how can we stop this guy? You know, how can we kill him? And yet we see continuously the Spirit of the, the Lord comes upon him. And here he brashly lifts up the gates of the of the city and the posts, and, and uh, it's almost like a comic book, isn't it, when you're reading it? I mean, uh, we used to look at a program called The Incredible Hulk. I don't know if you ever remember The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> a couple of people nodding there. It probably gives away your age where, where this guy just had incredible strength. And Of course, when he went a dark shade of green, you sort of knew, oh, watch out. And anyone near him was in trouble, you know, he, he would sort everything out. And in some ways, when we take that sweep of the narrative of Samson, we, we, we do see a guy who, who's, who's really not sensitive to God at all. He, he, he's certainly using his strength, and God is using him. Uh, but you get the idea that he, he's extremely flawed. He's impulsive. And uh, I, I think... In our remaining time today, it's just worth looking at a few applications as we think of, of ourselves in relation to Samson, that when we're looking at him, uh, Samson, we are really looking at ourselves. And in some ways, uh, the flawedness in, in him is, really shows us the flawedness in ourselves. And uh, what, I, what, I, what I want us to think through in, our, in, in, in what we've left is... Uh, how many times we left Andrew there? About 10 minutes, is it? Uh, the first thing is, 
Great expectations can lead to great disappointments. I think that comes out of the story uh, of Samson. I'm thinking particularly in his parents, uh, with the fact that they had this great announcement about this boy that was coming. And yet, in many ways, it was a, it was a, a disappointment to them, wasn't it? Uh, you could imagine his parents when a boy was coming and, and, and with all that, that announcement of his birth and what he was going to be, and yet in the choices he was making, uh, surely his parents were, were struggling to see God's hand in it all. And I'm sure they were. And you know, folks, that's exactly what it's like for us. Now, it might be with a child. Maybe you are parents of, of a child that is struggling and me that has uh, children that are growing up. I, I certainly know the, the whole idea of great expectations for children that, uh, that come into your world. And as you're raising them, some of you have just had kids born to you. Some will have. But you have great expectations for that. But, but it's not only in raising children. In life, we have those great expectations, haven't we? You know, God breaks into our life and, and, and we sang about it. It's, it's wonderful. And, and we have all these ideas maybe in our lives that life is just going to be one wonderful ride. You know, everything is going to be great. And, and we have certain expectations that come with that. And quite often they end up being failed expectations, don't they? Life ends up disappointing us all. Maybe the hopes that we had or whatever it might be, uh, in relationships, in work, in family. And sometimes uh, those expectations disappoint us. But, you know, I want to encourage you that, that in the Bible, when we have failed expectations, those failed expectations are not meant to crush our hopes, but they're meant to free us up so that we put our confidence in God who will never disappoint us. Do you hear that? They're not meant to crush our hopes, but they're meant to free us up to put our confidence in God and in Him alone, that He will not fail us and He will not disappoint us. And remember that the next time you experience failed expectations. Samson's folks had it, and, and so do we. Next thing I want us to look at in application is when I am weak, then I am strong. You just get the idea here in Samson's life that his strength became his weakness. Isn't that right? His strength became his weakness because although he was blessed with great strength, uh, that strength became a weakness to him because rather than, than sort of depending on God and uh, looking at his own weakness and... and, and, and uh, having his confidence in God, he sort of relied on his strength. And his strength sort of got him into trouble. And, you know, when, when, when you move to the New Testament, you see the Apostle Paul talking about his, his, his weaknesses and, and that God humbled him in many ways. Maybe that was through the thorn in the flesh. And I mean, he doesn't name it, but it's in a sense that it just led him to his weakness. It, 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 it made him weak. But... He, he sort of boasted in those weaknesses, didn't he? Because he says, through those weaknesses, I experienced the power of God. I am strong. And he, doesn't he say that in Corinthians? When I am weak, I am strong. Because those weaknesses drove him through his need for Jesus. 
And, and through that, he experienced God's power. And, and, and I think we need to learn that from Samson's life. That, that that very strength became his weakness. You know, the Bible says uh, meekness is not weakness, it's power under control. And it's learning to, to, to handle power in the sense of being meek and humble and recognize it's God's work through us. It's not of ourselves. But the last point, and I, I, think, I, I think we need to really be encouraged about this one in that we learn from the life of Samson, is that God's purposes will prevail. Do you hear that? I think one of the great encouragements of this book is that it, it's part of the subplot, isn't it, to, to a bigger story that, 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 that God, God's purposes will prevail. Because, you know, let's, folks, uh, let's face it, folks, it, it, it's sometimes hard to figure out God and what he's doing. Maybe you have figured it out. If you have, let me know. But, uh, you know, we're not always sure what God is doing. We really aren't. And, and this story of Samson is just a brilliant encouragement to us because when we read chapter 14, and even in Samson's bad choices that he was, was making, isn't it interesting the writer says, but the Lord was using this, that the Lord was in this. Now, we're not to read that, that, that uh, God was causing Samson to do evil. We're fl- well, we're wrong if we think that. That's not, not what it's saying at all. But it's saying that God is not at the mercy of our bad choices and that he's sovereign and that he can, he can use these things to further his purposes. And, and as I was saying to you, when, whether it's failed expectations, I don't know where you are today or, or where you are with the Lord and, and maybe trying to figure out what's going on in your life and there's a, there's a struggle going on in, in some ways there. You know, this is a tremendous encouragement that God is, is sovereign and he is accomplishing his ways. And of course, we, we see that in the larger story, don't we, of, of the Bible. And, and we can be very much encouraged in that. But even in our stories and our struggles, uh, we see even in the darkest times when we can't figure out what he's doing. And even in the days of the judges, God was doing his work. And nothing was going to stop him. I love when uh, Andrew was leading us in that, who can stop the Almighty? You know, that just encouraged me earlier on because it's so true. And we're a part of that. When we're a part of of Jesus and his story, we're a part of that. You're a part of that in CCC. And I do uh, want to encourage you uh, to remember that in the uh, story of Samson and those applications uh, might encourage us uh, as we look to God and... uh, We will be back here next week looking at uh, the temptations uh, and looking at the whole nature of temptation in the rest of chapter 16. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thanks. Uh, We do recognize these great plot lines of the Bible in the story of these characters and as flawed as Samson was, how uh, your hands indeed weren't tied, uh, even in his bad choices, his immaturity, his impulsiveness. Uh, 
his desires, his self-absorbedness, and yet in it all, you were accomplishing your purposes. Lord, it's not an excuse for disobedience. Samson paid a great price for it, and sometimes we do as well. But we know that you're a, a great God who can use those things even in the darkest hours and in our deepest struggles. So thank you for reminding us of that today, Lord. Quick uh, uh, as it was uh, through these chapters and judges, we, we just pray you'll work in our hearts this day, this week, for your glory. Amen.